Hello, everybody. My name is Jamir Wilson, and this is Game Time with Zach and Jamir, Season 2. The next run of things, the next NBA season is underway, or will soon be underway. In just a few short days, the Milwaukee Bucks will defend their NBA title. We'll get to see the Warriors, the Lakers, and all the other teams come back and stake their claim and take their place on the court and try to win a championship. And there's so many overwhelmingly great storylines that will take place. Me and my co-host, Zach Wright, are more than excited to discuss. And with that being said, the name of the episode is 2021-2022, A New Beginning, which is very fitting because it's a new beginning for a lot of things. And I'm very excited. So we're going to jump right into the Western Conference. We're going to get right into it. What are you thinking, Zach? How, first of all, how are you feeling about the new season? I'm excited. Excited for the new season of game time. Got a new logo. Uh, Going to be working on more social media things and all that. So it's about to be fun with that. But in terms of the NBA season, I'm just looking forward to, uh, to seeing, like, a, a lot of the teams change dramatically, or a couple will change dramatically. <laughs> Sixers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of different uh, things that can – I think there's a lot of potential for just – there's a lot of variance this year. I know, you know we have our two considered – the two teams considered the top contenders and Brooklyn, Lakers. You know, Milwaukee did just win and Phoenix was were in the finals. So, you know, they both want to go get back on that stage. Again, we'll see how things go. And as we all know, injuries can completely derail things. And then, you know, like, got like a couple upstarts here like Atlanta – People, a lot of people are very high on now. Um, you know, you got the Warriors play coming back at some point. They have some interesting young players who we're unsure if they're going to play them much or not. Uh, you know, a couple of teams with injuries start off off the jump. Um, excuse me, injuries from the jump, like the Clippers and the Nuggets. So it's just a lot of different things to look forward to. And now the Pelicans with Zion and his um, foot. But <laughs> oh lord, <laughs> but yeah. There's a lot to look forward to this season, so I'm just excited to get going and see how things things see how things play out. Thank you very much for that. While we're talking about storylines and everything of that nature, let's get right into it. In terms of rankings in the Western Conference, uh, we have different tiers, and so who do you feel are the true championship contenders? If we're going tier by tier, like in the West. Who are those teams that you're looking at and saying they really have a shot to do it this year? All right. So I'm being if I'm being honest, I think the Lakers are like a step above everybody else. But then I also I would consider the Suns as like the one realistic dark horse. Like everyone talks about, oh, who's the dark horse uh, contender this year, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, the Jazz or, or Miami or this and that. I think the Suns are the only one who actually like are a realistic dark horse. Like, not everyone's talking about them, but they were just there. Their defensive scheme is stout. Their offense 
was, was proven to be very formidable. Uh, Aiden's going to get better. Even if he doesn't get better, he's still great. He's If he returns as a player he was in the playoffs and doesn't get any better, he's still a great player. Mike, Mikhail Bridges is going to get better. They have a lot of cotton, continuity. Like, you know, they don't have, they didn't have much roster turnover. They kept the same core group of guys who got them to the finals. Uh, Monty Williams, again, proven to be a great coach. So I think the Suns are being more, despite getting, getting to the finals last year, I think they're once again being slept on. Again, Lakers, the real contenders in the West, they just have so much star power. You know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, can't, can't really go too wrong with that. My one concern for the Lakers as a team is their lack of shooting is a bit concerning. And their starting, their starting two-guard spot is a bit, is, is pretty weak overall. Or just a two-guard position, I mean. Like, who, I don't know who's starting. Might be Kent Bazemore, I'm guessing, just because he's the most consistent, quote-unquote, three and D player. You know, Malik Monk, I'm looking forward to seeing what he gives them. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, if he learns how to shoot consistently, he's going to steal a lot of minutes at that position as well. But yeah, Lakers, they're going to be interesting. It'd be cool to see if LeBron plays off the ball more with Westbrook, who is a complete non-factor when he doesn't have the basketball in his hands. He's great. He's a great player, but once he doesn't have the ball, he kind of is essentially useless. He's not a good spot-up shooter. He doesn't screen much. He doesn't make off-ball cuts much. He's, he's not like – I mean, yeah, he's a lob threat because he, he's a great dunker, but it's not like anyone's like – other than 2K, like people aren't throwing lobs to Westbrook all that often. Um, unless Frank Vogel takes some notes from the Rockets season with him when, when Westbrook was essentially playing the center on offense once they traded Cafella in their actual center. Unless they take notes from the Rockets – the offense can get stale and very wonky, which is a problem they've had since the LeBron Anthony Davis era started. It just gets stale sometimes. I think they need to work that out. But defensively, they're going to be good. Uh, they brought Dwight back. They got DeAndre Jordan, Anthony Davis, uh, defensive player of the year potential. LeBron James, when he's uh, ready to, he plays defense. Westbrook, he tries really hard. <laughs> Whether or not he's good at defense is another story. I think people misconstrue effort with impact on the defensive end a lot, which is very frustrating. And Westbrook is one of those players who people swear he's great at defense, but he just tries really hard and fails. Or it looks like he's trying hard. Yeah, I think the Lakers are far and above everybody else, although they do have their question marks. And that's it for the contenders here. How about you, Jameer? Hmm, I think you're missing a team. I would say just one team I think you're missing. In the contenders here? Yes, just one. Just one. Do enlighten me. I would say the Golden State Warriors. Contenders? Contenders. And here's why. Number one, they're as battle-tested as any team in the NBA at full mm-hmm. strength. Number two, Klay Thompson is coming back. He's coming back at some point. And, you know, last year at first, I think that they just had a lot of trouble figuring things out. Like, you lose Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, who were two major pieces, along with a lot of the bench pieces that you've had over those championship runs. And just it was basically a completely new team around Draymond Green and Steph Curry. And they had to adjust and adapt along with the lack of of an offseason and things of that nature. It turned into a playing a, a playing season and a loss to the Grizzlies. 
the Golden State Warriors are as strong knit a team as they as they come. And as I said, they have experience. They get Iguodala back, which I think is a bigger move than people are leading on to. And then again, Clay Thompson is a twenty is a twenty point per game plus scorer. And to be honest with you, yeah, a lot of people say that with ACL injuries, usually it takes you a year to get back to full strength. But with Clay Thompson's game, this is a man that we're talking about who scored sixty plus points off of four dribbles. He doesn't need to be super athletic. Like while that might compromise him a bit on the defensive end, I still believe that his impact on the floor and just having another guy who can take over a game, just shooting the basketball, will get them at least 10 more wins. And even if it's later, like in the season, they have more continuity with this group that they have now than they did a year ago, like much more continuity because of the fact that they, A, were a completely new group. B, they were dealing with injuries all year. And, you know, with COVID, they never really got a chance to get practice in together anyway. So now that they have a season together with this unit, for the most part, they've gotten a chance to gel. It's pretty much the same team that they were a year ago. They swap out Kelly Oubre for Otto Porter. They get Iguodala back. Hopefully Wiseman can stay healthy. I think Wiseman for me would be the ultimate question mark because I think that if Wiseman plays really good, they're definitely dark horses to win the Western Conference. And if if he doesn't play well, I still think their floor is the second round. So I will watch out for the Golden State Warriors. I think that with everything being said and with everything that they went through the gelling that they've the time they've had to gel. And also like the guys that they have like Wiggins and those guys, they got better like last year. They definitely developed, they improved. So we'll see. I think, I think Golden State is a contender, but I do, I do like what you said about Phoenix and what you said about LA. I think LA is, they're my favorite to win it all as of now, just in general. But we can talk more about that later. And also, I think that Phoenix, with the defense that they have, the depth that they have, and the leadership that they have, I think most importantly, I think that they're still a contender. And they, they dominated the, the Western Conference last year. So I think that they're going to be good. And also, you mentioned Mikel Bridges, talking about a guy who just got a major extension, uh, four years, $90 million. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, and the L.A. Lakers are the three teams to watch out for in the Western Conference as serious contenders. All right. In response to that, I do want to start with the Suns and the extension talk. And um, DeAndre Ayton is definitely fuming right now. <laughs> My boy's waiting for his money, and they skipped over him to pay bridges. So um, that's – that's going to be something interesting to look out for. I don't imagine them trading him or anything, or uh, it doesn't make sense for them to like move him because they can't review an extension. They'll honestly just probably just match an offer in free agency or something. And I was listening to, um, I was listening to the mismatch on from you know, the Ringer podcast network. 
and they're saying that they'll end up being cheaper if they just let him go into free agency. So for the Suns, it makes sense to do that money-wise, but relational, in terms of relational, you know, like relationships and stuff, it doesn't make sense because Aiden wants to get paid now. And it seems like they're very invested in continuity and chemistry. So that's something to look out for. And the Warriors, I don't think they're a contender. I think they're a second-round team. I just feel like they guess Steph, Draymond, and Clay are championship four. They've won before. But I think the others aren't adding up to championship level. I do like the addition of Otto Porter. Jordan Poole is a big X factor. I think if he can get really, if he can maintain his progress and get even a little better, I think he boosts their ceiling to maybe a conference to a conference final team. I, I could see them being the beating, being better than the Suns in a perfect world. Um, and I, I guess if things go right, they could beat the Lakers. So it's like I see the they're a high variance team to me. I see like I can see them being a playing team again. Like Thompson comes back and he just isn't right. And if Thompson comes back and he isn't right, I'm sorry. The team is not going to reach their peak. Steph Curry, you know, he's, he's guaranteed to miss, miss 15 games for whatever reason. He missed a lot of games last year, which caused him to make the play in. And if Steph Curry's out and Clay Thompson's not playing, the team's some shit. That's just a fact. Without those two, there's some shit. So I'm taking into account the fact that Clay is not coming back until at least, quote unquote, Christmas, as everyone keeps saying, which is basically January. That's a lot of games. And then if he doesn't come back 100%, I know he's not a high, like, you know, athletic moves player. So the ACL injury in theory doesn't affect him much, but we'll see. I think they're a second round team. I think he'll come back fine, but I just think the second round is just where they stop. They have a lot of rookies who they're relying on. They're treating James Wiseman. They want James Wiseman to be Kevon Looney, and that's not who he is. Like, Wiseman is a, you know, he's a post up player who, you know, takes the ball out of, you know, out of the hands of Steph Curry and Draymond Green in order for him to be effective. He's not just a, a pick and roll kind of guy. That's not who he is. That's why he struggled on top of the injuries. They ask him to be someone he's not. So it's not, unless he dramatically changes and falls in line, it's not going to work out with him there. I like Otto Porter. Kuminga is a nice, he's a nice young player, but whether, again, whether or not they play with young players, it's another story. I just think they have a lot of question marks. And like, again, I see their high variance. So they can fall in the play. They can make the playoffs outright, or they can fall like towards the seven seed, eight seed again. And we'll see what happens. I do think they are, you know, definitely better than last year, but just a lot of things have to go right for them. I see all the faces you make. I wish the viewer or listeners can see your anguish, but please go ahead. I know you got something to say. I get what you're saying, and I understand that. I just think that you kind of made my point for me in a way because you said that you could see in a seven-game series that the Phoenix Suns could go down to this Warriors team. Yeah, I agree that they have the potential, but that potential requires so much things to go right. It's just almost out of the realm of reality. I wouldn't say that. And then again, Clay Thompson not being right. There's not again, Clay Thompson's game is very it's, it's not dependent on athleticism at all. Like defensively, he may struggle at first, but they have other defenders that can help him. Like I and, and even I think even not at a hundred percent, he's not gonna be like their weakest link on defense and also oh, offensively. Huh? <laughs> so they start Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, he's one of the, the weakest link. 
Yeah, so he wouldn't he he won't he'll make them better defensively regardless when he steps on the floor. And then offensively, just his presence alone will make them a, at the very least a hair better. Because the thing is, like last year, they were in so many games that they lost solely because of Steph Curry damn near dragging them at times. And to now have another guy like Clay Thompson on the floor. Even if he's not there yet, his presence will make them a lot better. That's true. So, I, yeah, and, and there's something to be said about coaching as well. Like, Monty Williams is a great coach, but I think Steve Curry is one of the best coaches in the game as well. So I think he'll have them ready to go. And now that they've had a full off season to get healthy, I can see them doing some big things this year. But – we can agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, we can. Again, I, I actually like this Warriors team. I think they're going to be fun to watch. But I don't know. I just see a lot of things. They need they need a lot of things to go right. And when you need like seven, eight things to go right, that you just can't – seven or eight things just aren't going to go right. Like that's just not how it goes. And I just, I just see them playing potential just because of health of Steph Curry, you know, like for them to be decent last year, he needs to go ballistic and without clay that's required again. And I think he's capable, but it does take a toll on you. But again, like you said, agree, disagree. Why don't we move on to the next tier? Yeah. Let's get into our next tier. Let's get right into that point. Uh, So tier two, we've defined as playoff teams. So what are your thoughts on, the, the tier under the contenders, the quote-unquote, I guess, playoff contenders, contenders for a, a playoff spot, but not championship contenders. Yeah. yeah, this tier essentially, you know, it's the playoff, the teams that aren't going to have to play in the play-in, essentially. They'll make the playoffs outright. They'll, they'll make the playoffs outright without the play-in games, essentially. But for me, I have the Jazz the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and the Warriors. I didn't necessarily rank them in order of where I think they'll finish, but this kind of is – I basically do think they'll finish in this order in some way. So Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets, Warriors will make the playoffs outright. Denver, they're the one team I think I feel bad for because they're missing Jamal Murray here. Big thing. We all know MPJ got his extension with the – the stipulation that if he makes an All-NBA team, he'll make an extra $30 million. So he is very motivated to have a very good year. So I expect to see him uh, shooting quick and shooting often, trying to get that 30-point mark. Uh, he's a solid rebounder for his, for his position, especially since he's like, he's like a 6'11 small forward. So he's going to do a good job on the boards. I can see him, you know, if he, I can see him definitely averaging over 20 this year very easily with no Jamal Murray. They're going to need him to. He's looking, you know, he's looking to have a big year. So that's something to look out for with them. The Jazz, they're always good in the regular season. Uh, they'll probably honestly end up with the best, with the first or second best record conference-wise, but I wasn't really necessarily ranking based on regular season finishing. I was ranking overall where I think the teams are. But the Jazz are always good in the regular season. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. They got decimated by Terrence Mann and the boys. So, um, yeah, there's that with them. I just don't know if they improved enough in the offseason. We talk about the Warriors. I'm not going to get into them. But Mavericks are interesting. 
Porzingis, if he comes back looking decent, looking like, uh, you know, the 20 and eight guy, he should be with a 38% three point shot, um, 30% from the three point, from the three point line, excuse me. Then they will be much better than they were. They have Luca who is uh, an offense unto himself, which we said multiple times on our, on this show. When Tim Harvey Jr. is back. That's great for him. Great for them. I don't like what they did in the offseason. I think I think they didn't do enough. Their only means of improvement is essentially Porzingis getting back into uh, you know game shape and playing to the best of his abilities. But that's just it's either been he's, been he's either been unhealthy or he hasn't just been there all the way. He hasn't been locked in or it's been both. And it's just another year of waiting for him to bring it get bring it all together and help Luca get that team out of the first round. And yeah, that's pretty much it on those teams, really. Anything you want to add or anything that's interesting to you between those teams? So first, I would say, like for my team specifically and how I feel that that would go, I think that you've got the the Nuggets, the Jazz. And this may surprise you a little bit, but I would say the Clippers. Okay the Mavericks and the Trailblazers. So, yeah, like, as you said, with the Nuggets, I think ultimately, despite the fact that Jamal Murray's out with MPG getting that extension and being motivated and them having one of the most dominant players in the game, they should still be a team that doesn't have to fight for a playoff spot and just gets in the play-in automatically pretty much. I still think they'll be around a 50-win team. They're well coached, and usually they it's it's always next man up mentality there, and they always seem to pull it together. Uh, Utah, Utah is one of those teams that I think at this point they're at a point of me- mediocrity. Like they're not going to get any better unless something drastic happens. Like they keep adding good players like Mike Conley. He's good, but he's past his peak. Got you you got you get a guy like Rudy Gay in the offseason. He helps a little bit, but he doesn't help enough. At this point, they need their one big piece away from being that. And I, I mean, I feel like that you can say that for a couple of these teams, but I think that really would apply to the map the the Jazz specifically because Rudy Gobert is a great defender, even though he got torched in the playoffs and looked lost. Uh, And they have off the offensive firepower in the coaching. I just think they're just missing one big piece. So ultimately they'll get in and they may make it to the second round but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, the Clips, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I just think that they're going to ride together very hard. They're going to play pretty good, still pretty good basketball, even without Kawhi Leonard. Like Kawhi Leonard obviously was the best player on the team, and uh, he's going to be the biggest question mark for them. But Ty Lu may have had the best coaching job of all last year. And especially around playoff time, 
he coached them past their talents, I would say. You, I, I feel like you can pretty much, you know, you have a strong argument in that case saying that. Uh, so I think that, and also health, I, th- I think with those things and they've played together, they've had an off season together. I think that they're going to really step up and do a lot better than people expect. The Trailblazers, only reason why I have them in this is because I think they're just a better team than the other team, than the other seven, next, seven, next. seven team. Yeah, yeah, the other tiers, the other seven teams that are in the West. And for the Mavericks, they haven't – yeah, I, I agree 100%. They didn't help themselves in the offseason. Their team is still – Luka Doncic and a bunch of rubbish for the most part. This, and I, and I said this before, but I'll say it again. This this year is a make or break year for Kristaps Porzingis. And I'll talk, I'll get a little more into that later, but I think that this should be an interesting season. And I think the Mavericks will be good because of Luka Doncic again, just being the dominant force that he is. And also I think having a new voice will change the Mavericks a little bit. They'll, they, I, I suspect they'll be a little better defensively, not a whole lot, but maybe by a hair and that helps. So yeah, that's, that's my view on that bracket and tier. Any, any last words before we transition into the next slot? Yeah, I'll start with the jazz again. Um, you said they're missing one piece. I don't even think they need like another star player. They need to, they need to get people who can play perimeter defense. Like, yes, Rudy Gobert is getting torched by the Clippers and looking like a fool, but that was because the perimeter defenders on the, on the Utah Jazz weren't capable of guarding guys like Terrence Mann, who up until that point was an average offensive player at best. But their perimeter players do not know how to play defense at a high level, besides from Royce O'Neal. And then he is like, He's a one and a half way player. Like he's great at he's pretty good at defense, and he's like all right at offense. He's a catch and shoot um, sometimes because he's not like an elite shooter. You know what I mean? He's like he can catch and shoot sometimes. He can't make no plays off the dribble. So he is, but no, he is their best perimeter player on the defensive end. And I just think they don't even need like they need like two to three solid defensive players on that end of the floor versus getting like a high end star. Because at least when it comes to playoff time, Donovan Mitchell becomes like a top 10 player on offense on the offensive end once the playoffs start. But he also needs to lock in on defense and really, really show some heart on that end and like lead the troops. Cause I think a lot of that, I think a lot of defense comes down to effort to a degree. Although there are some people who just try really hard and just like, they look like they're, they look like they're trying hard, but they're getting tried. Like I mentioned earlier, but with the jazz, it just seems like they're not, they're not locking in enough on that end with some of the players. Like, even Joe Ingles tailed off crazy on defense last season. I know he's getting older, but, like, he just – he didn't look good enough there. And uh, Bogdanovich, I think he I think he has another gear defensively. He has some fight in him. I think he needs to translate that to defensive end. That's that on that. And um, transitioning to the next – like, I had the Clippers and Blazers in the next section too, but that's honestly because only six teams can make the play-in. We kind of spoke about it differently. I do think they are playoff teams, but I think they will fall in the seven and eight range or seven they'll fall in the seven to 10 range because of, um, you know, just because only six teams can make the playoffs outright. So like, I think the Blazers are a step above everybody else, but 
No, only only six teams can lock in. I think I do think they are worse than the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Mavericks, Suns, and Lakers. Like they are a step below. Their offseason was very regular. Um, adding Cody Zeller and re-signing Norman Powell is not a victory in any sense of the word. So I guess I guess should I just do the rest of my playing candidates at that point, or do you want to just? Yeah, you could just you could just go for it. I would I would I would just go for it. I want I want an honest one here. Where, All right. where you headed? All right, so I have the Blazers, and I put an asterisk on them because I believe they are much superior than the other playing teams. And I have the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and then the Timberwolves. And I was ready to talk about the Blazers. I mean, yeah, like I said, I already said everything I need to say about them. Not better than the teams I put ahead of them, and their offseason was trash. They get, like, a C-, minus, I guess, because they didn't add anybody who's bad, but they didn't necessarily get any better either, especially with Damian Lillard applying pressure after losing in the playoffs again, like, you know, we need to do something. And they did close to nothing. It was actually a little uh, surprising how how little, how unpressed they were. I thought they would have been more pressed to make a move. But there's that on them. Uh, the Clippers, like, if you close your eyes and imagine a team where Paul George and Reggie Jackson are your best players, you'd think you're getting the fifth pick in the draft next year. But I do have them as a playing team because the other pieces are, it's a, it's a collection of good players. They have, a lot, they have a lot of depth. They have a good rotation of players. Paul George is the only one who's, like, exceptional. But, but, you know, if you're with that team, the collection of players they have, and that coach with Ty Lu, I think they can make the play-in game. I think they'll be the AC. Like, not having Kawhi is a huge blow to them. <clears throat> Excuse me. A huge blow to them. They don't have – I mean, they added Bledsoe, which is, like, something, I guess. But it's also, like – Bledsoe has not been a positive contributor to successful teams in quite a few years now. Ever since he left the Suns, to be honest, and maybe like his first year in Milwaukee, he helped them get better. But they started like, you know, they had to get rid of him. And you see what happened when they got rid of him. They won a championship. <laughs> so, you know, I think Bledsoe, Bledsoe's limitations are starting to, you know, they've, they've proven to be problematic uh, for a few years now. So. I'm not sure how that's well how well that's gonna work out. By the end of the year, I can see him not starting anymore. He's been starting the preseason. I think they need to just start Batum again. Honestly, that worked so that worked out so well for them. But I digress. I'm just a guy talking about basketball. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the actual teams I think are gonna make the playoffs. And then the nine and ten seed, I you know, it's gonna be between the Grizzlies and the T Wolves. The Grizzlies are they're interesting. They're young. They had a nice little surprise playoff appearance last year. The Dylan Brooks, I like him a lot. I don't know how much better he can get, but I think he has a little room for growth. Jaron Jackson Jr. is an interesting, big, like, interesting player. He can shoot the three and he can move. He plays the defense well, but he just needs to stay healthy. I don't understand why they got Steven Adams. I don't think he's better than Valanciunas. I mean, he's a better, he's a better defensive player, but their offense is more limited now with him as the big man in the starting lineup. So we'll see how that plays out. And, um, yeah, shout out to Desmond Bain. He's cool. <laughs> Other than that, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to do too much, but they're always fun. John Morant can definitely get better. So we'll see how that goes. I think if he, if he unlocks, like, a next level, I might they might be able to contend with the Clippers, maybe. It just depends on how good he, how good him and his peers get because they are a young team. It's only up from, up from here for them. So that's interesting for them. And the Timberwolves, I'll be honest, I kind of just put them here once I found out Zion was hurt. You know, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, 
Uh, Malik Beasley, that for that core four should get you some wins. Defensively, they are disastrous. And they got Patrick Beverly, which helps on the defensive end. And I expect them to play a big role on this team because they do need some some leadership. For all of Patrick Beverly's misgivings and my disdain for him and his unnecessary yelling and uh, boasting for being mediocre, he is helpful to that team because they do need somebody with some heart because they're all a bunch of uh, softies. <laughs> just like – there's like – I don't know why Crofty Towns is like not great at defense. He has all the tools to be great at defense. He just – I don't know. Honestly, he doesn't want to play defense, but – he hasn't played defense up to this point. Like, even when he got drafted with someone, oh, Conte Towns has potential to be an old defensive player and a great offensive player and this and that. And he's become an amazing offensive player, but defensively he's like below average, and that's being nice. Uh, DeAndre Russell has no hope on defense. Anthony Edwards, we'll see. Malik Beasley, no hope on defense. And those players are going to get majority of the minutes at their position. So their coaching, we'll see how it looks. Like they got looked played like almost 500 basketball after their coaching change and they looked okay. But again, I just it's the Timberwolves, they're just gonna fumble because that's what they do. Uh, someone's gonna get hurt because that just always happens for them. And it's just, yeah, they honestly need a new training staff. <laughs> that's the number one offseason movie to make. Why is everyone getting hurt? But that's all I have on those teams, really. You can go ahead and do your, your teams then. What you want to add? All right, well. We agree on Memphis because I think Memphis will be right there if they don't get in. Mm-hmm. They'll be right. They'll be right there. I think the Pelicans, although Zion is starting off the season hurt and they lost Lonzo, I think that they'll still be. You know, they add Valanciunas and Zion will be back. They'll still have Brandon Ingram. I think that in this this section and part of the Western Conference, there's not much there. So I feel like Zion may take another Zion taking another step would get them to a play in. I feel like so so I think it would be those two teams, and then another team that I would throw in that mix, uh, and this may be a little surprising to you, but would, would be San Antonio, just because I never would count out Pop. I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're going to do much and make a lot of noise. But there's 10 teams that get into the, the playoffs slash play-in. And, uh, and everything you just said about the Minnesota Timberwolves speaks volumes, and that's why I would never pick them to do anything until – like they, they 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 would have to show me basically yeah. the Timberwolves. Like I have the Timberwolves uh, like right below those teams, but and they have the talent like offensively. Yes, they they should be able to score with most teams in the NBA because the, because of the the wide range of scoring they have. But defensively, they're god awful, and then not just with defense. I think culture. Culture is the biggest problem there, you know, with injuries. You, you, you have injuries too, obviously, but I think culture is the biggest problem they have. They just don't have a winning culture. And I think San Antonio, above all, has culture <laughs> right now. So I would say Memphis, San Antonio, and the Pelicans would probably be the three teams that would be probably like eight through 11. And one of those teams 
won't make it. But I think I think that San Antonio has a lot of good young players. One of the guys that we got to see a lot of this year in the the World Cup was um, Keldon Johnson, who I think is going to be really good this year, mm-hmm. and so on. So I think San Antonio will be right there again. And that's that's pretty much it for me in that in that group that in that little range. Um, it'll be fun to watch those teams, but. Yeah, it'll. I think it'll definitely be those three, and then for the final group, if you don't have anything else for this group, no, you can move on. My uh, my final group would be tier four slash the lottery crew, the group that are set for lottery picks, not set for success. You may see some ten game losing streaks, uh, some fifty point losses. <laughs> And all of the above. Take it away. All right. So, again, we broke it out slightly differently. So, I I'm, I was very rigid, rigid with my tears. So, for me, I do have – it hurts to say, once again, the Pelicans in the lottery crew. This is the first time since they got in Zion where I'm like, yeah, they don't got it. It's like this is a, this is new for me, new territory. But um, I don't – their offseason was confusing. I, I I like Devontae Graham, but I think Lonzo was a much better point guard for this team. And then they when they traded Lonzo, they got back like Sadaransky in like Garrett Temple, I get I think. And that's that doesn't help either. So that was weird. I like the addition of Valanciunas, kinda sorta. He helps space the floor a little bit, but he's not shooting like two, three, three points a game. He's shooting maybe barely one. So I don't know. He he's another offensive uh force though. So he'll help them. When Zion is out, um, you know, he'll give Ingram someone else to give the ball to. Devontae Graham, he's uh, pretty inefficient on offense, but he can score the ball. So it'll be nice to have an efficient score in the lineup as well. But, I mean, like you were saying, with Zion, it comes down to being healthy and taking – he took a massive step last year. He averaged like 27 and like 10 last year. And his field goal percentage was super efficient. But if he were to take another step beyond that, there's no, there's no denying the Pelicans of success at that point because he just, he just be borderline top ten if he took one more step. He's, he's already close in my opinion. I can't, I don't know if I'll take, if I'm taking, definitely not taking twenty players over him. Don't know if I'm taking fifteen over him at this point. So, yeah, if he takes another step, there's no denying the Pelicans. But that's putting all your success on the back of one man is a, is a sign that your team is missing a lot of things, and. Then I guess we can move on to the Kings. I go with the Kings. I'm a I, I rock with the Kings. They're a fun team to me. But Bagley needs to finally show something this year, or he's not gonna play for much longer. Halliburton is tough. I think he's another step. But the Kings are another team who just didn't do enough. They were mediocre, and they and they added more mediocrity to the pool of mediocrity. So it's just like. All right, same thing, lottery, late lottery, getting another player who may not contribute enough for you to succeed. Harrison Barnes is cool, though. I like him. Um, they just need to honestly just trade Buddy, Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes and just get some start fresh, get some you know draft picks or something. I think it'd be cool to see Ben Simmons in Sacramento, though. That's my team I'd like him to go to, which we'll talk about in the East eventually. And I'm not going to go too much further onto the other teams because they're not that good. Like you're saying with the Spurs, have culture, all this. But culture only takes you so far when no one on your team is all that good. 
at the moment. I like Kelvin Johnson. I'll talk, you know, we'll, we'll when we talk about, we'll, we're going to talk about our surprise players or players are watching. Kelvin Johnson is my player I'm watching, so I'll talk about him later. But they don't have anyone who is top. Do they have a top 75 player, do you think? I don't, I don't know. You said anyone. top 25? Top 75. Top. <laughs> <laughs> you have anyone who's like in the top 75 players in the league. I don't know. It's arguable. I'd say I would maybe, say I would say maybe Keldon Johnson or DeJounte Murray would probably be one of those two guys, but they're like 74 and 75. <laughs> <laughs> like they got some decent I like some of their players. I like Kellen Johnson. DeJounte Murray is one of those players who are like, oh he's gonna be nice. He's gonna be nice. Me he's just he's on he's in Aaron Gordon territory for me at this point. Like we've been waiting for the pop for like years, Ooh. and offensively, but the who, 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 who was that? Who was that you you mentioned? Devontae Murray. He's an Aaron Gordon. Oh, territory. you said he's an Aaron Gordon territory. Okay, yeah, because everyone's like, oh, Aaron Gordon's next Blake Griffin, and now he's just like the fifth banana on the Nuggets. <laughs> so that looks like Devontae Murray's destiny, if you ask me. But um, he's nice though. Um, yeah, I just. Don't see much from them. They don't have enough talent, despite the culture. They'll they'll play hard, but they're probably going to be the most boring team in the league this year. I, I do want to mention that. <laughs> they're going to be the hardest team to watch. But I'll check in a couple of games for my guy, Kelvin Johnson. And then uh, OKC, that's not much to talk about there. They're literally trading away anyone who has a modicum of skill so they can get draft picks. Except for, except for Shea Alexander. He's like the one prisoner they won't let free. Um, so yeah, they're gonna suck. They're always interesting because they have young players. Uh, the Dortrich Chamber is probably the best nickname in the league for Lou Dort, but that's like literally their highlights. Shagos Alexander is probably gonna be an all star if he didn't get hurt. So shout out to him for that. Houston, they're my league pass team. I think they're gonna be fun. Um, Jalen Green looks like an entertaining player. Alperin's Shengun looks like he's uh, he's gonna be fun to watch. He definitely has that post game. Um, you know, his, his defense, I'm not too sure about yet, but offensively, he definitely has it. He's going to be very fun to watch. Uh, free Christian Wood, free Eric Gordon. That's about it on them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're those teams, those three teams are going to be bad. Sacramento is going to be a clear lottery team, but just slightly better than that. Yeah, that's it for me. What are your thoughts on the, the lottery crew here in the West? Uh, the lottery crew is the fun crew. They, they, get, they get smoked 25 times, you know. They, they get smoked quite often. I think the Timberwolves will be there again because they're always there. They always will be there until they're not. Yeah, yeah. lack of culture. The Rockets, they'll be a fun team. I think they'll be kind of similar to last year's last year's Hornets in a way, just with the energy. Christian Wood coming back, I think, would be a good thing for them. He's he's a good young player. He was. He was on track to be most improved player before he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, he ultimately probably would have lost to uh, Julius Randle anyway, but he was he was balling. Uh, and then John Wall, they'll probably wind up trading John Wall at some point unless he just sits out or something because his contract is just ri- ridiculous. Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Where can he possibly go given that contract? Does he need to trade – Based on the fact that he's making $40 million a year, you need to trade him for, like, 
another player who's making you need to match that salary just because no one has money to just trade take that like, out. You can't yeah, you can't you can't do nothing about that. Like the only I feel like the only way at this point, the only possible way at this point that that would work is if there was like another player of that caliber or of that money count that was trying to get traded as well. But it's like, yeah, you can't do nothing about that. Yeah, I think he's, they have to buy him out at this point. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah, they, they almost have to. I mean, if they buy him out, it would be cool. I think that there, there, would, there would be a, a, a decent market. Like, yeah. I would say five or six teams would, pro- would possibly court him. But, like, otherwise, I'm, I don't know. Because I know the Clippers would be on him. Yeah, they 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 think about it. They would definitely look at it. Yeah, there would be some teams taking you know taking the flyer, but that might be interesting <laughs> for him. I think that would be I think that would be a good move actually. Uh, yeah, but in terms of the other teams, um, the Kings, you've already pretty much gone into it. I think they need to be doing what OKC is doing, keeping De'Aaron Fox and cleaning the house with everybody else. Uh, Buddy Hill makes a lot of money at this point. I'm sure you can get something for him. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. All the teams, you know, the, the Timberwolves, the Rockets, the Kings, and the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder, they got Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort. Uh, they they added favors for whatever reason. I don't know why they would do that. Um, <laughs> you want to trade them later and get, another, get an asset. <laughs> they'll probably trade him in the middle of the season to a team that need a defensive play, uh, big. So um, I don't know. I don't know why they did that, but yeah, they're, they're basically just not even trying to be competitive. Uh, and then one, one thing I want to mention about the Spurs, they have Thaddeus Young. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be good. They'll be solid on defense. Oh, they'll play defense. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, very hard to watch. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be, they're gonna be very bad to watch. Yes, I didn't realize they had Thaddeus Young. He he may be one of the most boring players in the NBA. I think they also have Alfaruk Aminu. They so, do, and they have Doug McDermott, my guy Dougie McBuckets. See, they go ahead, they go ahead of shooting. So, yeah, they'll they'll be very boring. But again, they're gonna be one of those teams that when it come down to it. When we when we get closer to the playoffs, it's gonna be like the Spurs got like thirty something wins and they number eleven. They gonna be like, How, what are they doing? Who are they beating? That's <laughs> how it was last year. I yeah, mean, same yeah. way. At least that's true. But I, I I still think they'll they'll be one of those teams, especially considering that there are teams that are worse than them, and there are teams that are in the same bracket as them. And they have a better coach and culture than all of those teams. So that's I fair. Think that they'll be in the competition. Yeah. I can see them taking out Minnesota one or two times more than they should. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and Minnesota is way more talented. If Paul George has a has a, a, a toe injury and he's out for two days, I think they're gonna steal one on the Clippers. Absolutely. I can see where you're. I can see where you're going. But yeah, yeah. I think I think the Spurs going. They're going to surprise some people. I don't think they're going far, but I I expect them to at least get to a playing game, win more than they probably should have. I got you. Yep, absolutely. 
All right. Well, we went through all all the teams in the West. Why don't we jump to who's a player you're watching in the West? Player I'm watching in the West. My guy, Christos Porzingis. That's the that's the guy I'm watching. Oh, that's him. Maybe you'll get into it later. Okay. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm watching him because again, this is a contract year for him. This is make a break. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of reasons why. Number one, you know, he was he was uh, named the unicorn coming out of New York, and he was a guy who could get you twenty points, nine to ten rebounds, like three blocks a game. He could shoot threes. He could run the floor everything and we were thinking like i was saying i I remember having this conversation that him and luka Doncic were going to be amazing and a while back and you were saying no they won't and luka has then been amazing and christoph's perzingis has been hurt christoph's perzingis if he gets healthy at all like if he can Average like 17 and seven, which I think he's better than that. He should he should be better than that. If he can average 17 and seven or something like that consistently and stay healthy, he can be a force. Like, I just need him on a court because the Dallas Mavericks don't really have anything else. Like they've got a little bit of Tim Hardaway Jr. He's that's no defense, but he'll get you a bucket. You've had guys like Maxi Kleba and that crew, like they, they really haven't done anything to help Luka Doncic at all. So he needs to step up. And the thing is, like, even with Luka not having help from anybody anywhere else, they've still been in the thick of things. Like they didn't even have to fight for a, a, a playoff spot last year. They were in because Luka Doncic is a force by himself. He took the Clippers to seven games. By himself. If Luka Doncic got help from Kristaps Przingis, they could go far. Like I would say, I could say, I could see them getting to the second round and keeping it competitive if Kristaps Przingis is healthy. And then also, Jason Kidd made a comment on first take where uh, he was asked about uh, possible friction between Luka Doncic and Kristaps Przingis. And he said that there was no friction between the two of them when a lot of people suspected that there was. So I want to see how Luka and Kristaps play off of one another this season and how they lift uplift each other on and off the court. Um, because I just want to see if that was the truth. And also I think that that'll be very important to – the Dallas Mavericks success. But I think that with a new coach, I think that Kristaps Przingis will surprise a lot of people, especially if he can stay healthy. I just, I, I, I pray, I knock on wood that he can stay healthy because he's really, really exciting to watch. Like he's a 7'3 dude who can run the floor and do a billion different things when he's healthy. So that'll be the guy I'm watching this season. I've got my eyes on him in the West. Okay. Um. I will mention since you brought Jason Kidd on uh, again the mismatch with uh, Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. They're talking about the Mavericks and they're saying that in the preseason thus far, the Mavericks have been like one of the top one of the top uh, 
top teams at two point attempts, like you know, point shot shot attempts in the paint at least. And then they went from like, you know, the most three point attempts last year to 28th in the preseason this year. So that's implicating a big shift in their offensive focus. And if they're taking more shots in the paint, naturally you're going to want 7-3 for Zingas to shoot those shots. So we'll see if they're giving him more op- – if he's being given more offensive uh, opportunities. Because in the last few years, it was very plain to see that the game plan was Luka just – they just had J- Luka imitating James Harden. And he was just literally was like the only guy, you know, touching the ball unless he decided to pass for a pass to open shooter, which Porzingis was being relegated to a shooter, which, uh, you know, may not have been what he wanted because in New York he was able to do whatever he wanted with the ball. And then he went to Dallas and became, um, you know, Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Love on the Cavs. So Kevin Love on the Cavs with no, with no Kyrie Irving, <laughs> just, to, just to LeBron. So, yeah, that would be interesting to see. I do hope he gets better because the Mavericks have a shot to really make some noise this year, especially given Kawhi being out and Jamal Murray being out. Like the Mavericks can really do something if Porzingis plays half as good as he's he's supposed to. Like you said, 17 and seven is not, that's not asking a lot of of him. That's actually asking him to to be subpar. (laughs) Like, But I mean, he's just been worse than that, especially in the playoffs last year. And he was, He's borderline unplayable. I get it. That's cool. I'm, I'm interested. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I guess I'll go ahead with mine. As I mentioned, Keldon Johnson. Um, last year, he only averaged 12.8 points, six rebounds, 1.8 assists, 48 from the field, and 33 from the three-point line. So those numbers don't make him look amazing. But when you watch him play, he definitely has some good tools. Uh, NBA, NBA Draft.net compared him to Corey McGetty, which I actually like that comparison. He's a strong finisher. He's getting better as a shooter. He's improving defensively. And he is the current player on the team most equipped to take DeRozan's scoring role on the team. Like DeRozan's 20 points per game has to go somewhere. It'd be spread out somehow, some way. I think Kellen Johnson is most likely to take the lion's share of those shots from that, you know, from that departed role. He has like given his core, the core game comparison is good because he has like a borderline all-star ceiling to me. I think on on his best year, where a couple a couple of fours are out, he can sneak in and get a game all star appearance. But I do think he has a nice third banana, fourth banana potential. Um, like maybe Tobias Harris now, like Tobias Harris in the Sixers has like a good ceiling for him, except a stronger finisher and a slightly less accurate shooter, but a stronger finisher in the paint. And if he can get his ball handling up, I think that'll definitely. Definitely open up his game a lot. If you were watching Kellen Johnson highlights, he literally just bowl, um, like bowls through people in the paint, just takes mad contact and just finishes whatever he wants. So he's going to be the one player who might be worth watching on the Spurs to me. Again, there's going to be the most boring team in the league, but I'll watch a game or two just to see how he's doing, keep up with his stats and stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be seeing how things are going for him. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think Kellen Johnson will be fun to watch. I think that he's. He's he's obviously going to have a lot more cut out for him because DeMar DeRozan is gone now. And also, um, Rudy Gay is gone as well. Oh, yes, that's true. So, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of shots on the table, and somebody's going to need to take them. So, 
What's one thing that you're looking forward to in the Western Conference? One thing I'm looking forward to in the Western Conference? Honestly, I'm looking forward to watching, excuse me, seeing how the Rockets, you know, how the Rockets' young players do. Like Jalen Green looks like looks to be a very entertaining player. And again, I mentioned I mentioned uh, Shengun. I just like I like what I'm seeing from him. He's he's definitely a, one of those players I'm interested in watching. I just want to see, you know, I don't expect him to win much. They'll probably win 20 some games, like low 20s, but they'll be fun. It'll be cool to see if, the, if those players show, um, you know, that they show like the ability to impact winning, not just be putting up numbers. Because, you know, the fact of the matter is, if you're on a team if you're in the NBA, someone on every team is putting up some sort of numbers. So it'd be interesting to see if those numbers are matching, you know, winning ability. I know Jalen Green is gunning for rookie of the year. So he's definitely gonna come, gonna bring it, but yeah, I'm kind of interested in watching the Rockets. Pretty much, I just want to see how they do. They're my league pass team, so the non-national TV games they're gonna involve the Rockets for me <laughs> to a, a good number of them. It will. How about you? What are you watching for? I'm interested to see the Clippers. I look forward to watching the Clippers this year. Last year, if I'm not mistaken, they led. They had the highest three-point percentage in NBA history for a team which is very nice. Uh, Ty Lu, Ty Lu did a fantastic job of having them out coach the talent. They'll have Serge Ibaka back, which is, I think is huge for them on the defensive end and somebody who they could have really used in the playoffs. Um, I really want to see what, what they do, how far they get and if Kawhi Leonard comes back, how much can he impact this team? And I mean, he's, they're saying that he may come back at the end of the season. So uh, I just want to see how they compete, because I think that regardless of how, how uh, Kawhi is out and how much they're going to miss him, I still think they're going to be a really basketball team because in the playoffs, we saw that when he went down, they still were able to take down the the Utah Jazz in a high leverage uh, series in moments. They they were able to take down the Jazz, who we consider to be a contender, and also made made for a very difficult series with the uh, Phoenix Suns in high leverage moments. They just didn't have enough, obviously. And I'm not expecting them to have enough, but I think that they will still have a lot considering everything that they were able to do in high leverage situations and in high leverage moments. And to be honest with you, if the Clippers would have executed one play, and I'm talking about the quote unquote volley oop, if they would have just executed better in that moment, we could have been talking, we could be talking about them in Phoenix competing for a game seven, as opposed to them going home at six. So, and, and the Phoenix Suns, they battle valiantly and to have been able to put up a fight with them without their best player tells me everything I need to know about them. So I think that they, they'll be fun to watch this season, especially with the three point shooting as well. All right. I, I see it. I respect it. Kawhi's healthy. Are you? You think they're the champions? Uh, the- my only, my only problem at that point would be 
Kawhi would need to get his legs under him. I would, I would just need to see where Kawhi is at. And, you know, Kawhi has my favorite player, so I hate to say this, but you know how Kawhi is. So he'll mess around and just sit the season out anyway. Oh, so, no, I was saying like last season. Oh, last were, season? Yeah, last uh, season. Bucks. Hmm. That's a fantastic question. I think I think they're definitely Western Conference champs. Without a doubt in my mind, I think they're Western Conference champs. Uh, and then NBA Finals, that series between them and the Bucks probably would have gone to seven. And I do believe they probably would have beaten the Bucks. Yeah. Because A, I think Ty Lue's a better coach than Mike Boonholzer. B, <clears throat> I think that Kawhi Leonard, I trust Kawhi Leonard more in crunch time than I do Giannis, even though Giannis was absolutely spectacular in the in the finals last year. Also, the Clippers are would have been deeper last year. They were deeper. Um, and I mean, they you 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 did bring up like that the fact that they used more of their players can also be just a smoke screen for depth. But I really do believe that all of the players that they were utilizing made an impact and made plays at different times. Like Luke Kennard was on and off. DeMarcus Cousins, when they gave him some minutes, especially against the Suns, he was effective. Uh, Zubak was good. Reggie Jackson, he, he balled out. He played, he played his heart out. Uh, and he was, he really showed up on the offensive end. Terrence Mann was solid from time to time and he had his moments. Um, Patrick Beverly even was playing better on the offensive end than, than we're used to. So they were really deep. Morris, he played good minutes. Paul George was obviously peaking. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think with the multitude of things, multitude of players and multitude of things they had going for them, I think that the Clippers probably would have won last year, if not going to seven games with the Bucks. So, yeah, that, that um, that's my answer to that. I respect it. My answer is no. I think Giannis would have ate them right up. I think Milton would have ate them right up. I think Milton would have ate whoever they decide to play a point guard right up. And Brooke Lopez is nice in defense. But, um, yeah, I think the Bucks still would have won. But it is an interesting thing to think about because I do think the Clippers have a shot. I can see why you think it would go seven. I, thought, I think it would have won six. Milwaukee, but. I, my, only, my only retort to that is I, I feel like they would have gotten clipped in the perimeter because – I don't care who you putting Drew Holiday on. And like Chris Middleton is a solid defender. Um, and Drew Holiday is an elite defender. But I don't think that I think that Kawhi Leonard would have smoked Chris Middleton if they because that would probably be the guy that they would put on Kawhi and he would he would smoke Chris Middleton. I mean Chris Middleton would would respond, but Chris, I don't think he would respond in a way that would result in winning in convincing fashion every game. So, yeah, but hey. We'll never know, but it's interesting. We'll never, we'll never know. That would have been a fun series to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, then I would, say, I would say this, though. If they had Kawhi and Serge Ibaka, I think they win. I think there's no doubt they win in like six games. 
Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm bending that way as well, but I can. They would impact the series. I, I will say that. Yeah, because not having Serge Ibaka was huge last year. In my eyes. All right. Clippers. I'm a. For your sake, I know I'll be talking shit on the Clippers, but I'll, not for your sake, but. I'll, I'll give them a chance. I'll give them a chance. I'll see if, if uh, Reggie Jackson is serving as a serviceable number two. Yeah, I think I think he'll be all right this year. And then, and then I, I think we can both agree, even even though Patrick Beverly is not much of a is not much of a standard, that Eric Bledsoe is an upgrade. <laughs> I think we could agree. Uh, I'll say this: Eric Bledsoe is a better overall player without a doubt. Right. I don't know if he is more helpful to the Clippers than Patrick Beverly was. That's a fair point. I think Patrick Beverly was much more helpful to the Clippers than Eric Bledsoe is. Hmm. We'll see. We we have the the jury is out on that. We'll see. And so for our last subject and for the Western Conference, just a couple of buy or sell questions. Want to jump into those? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So, which one do I want to do first? Okay. Buy or sell the Warriors are a top four seed in the Western Conference this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, e- easy. Buy. Easy buy? Yeah, easy buy. Again, as I mentioned, they they've had an off season. They're healthy for the most part. Clay Thompson will be back at some point. And then you also have to look at the teams that have major injuries like the Clippers. Like, although I think the Clippers are a playoff team, I don't know if they're gonna be a top four team. And then the Nuggets, as good as they are, I don't know. Uh, what a whole season will look like. Because, I mean, I think they did a pretty good job of recovering and picking up where they left off. But mm-hmm. now that people have a whole off season to adjust and see what they are, that may not be the same. And then I can't think of four other teams that are, like, legitimately better than them in my eyes. Like, the La- I would say the Lakers. You could debate back and forth with the Suns. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like completely caught off guard if you said the Suns were better than the Warriors. Uh, and then after that, I mean, at least right now, again, with Jamal Murray being out and Kawhi being out, I can't definitively say that the Mavericks or the Trailblazers or anybody else is better than Golden State. So yeah, absolutely, I'm buying that 100. percent Okay, I respect it. For me, Lakers better. Suns, uh, like Warriors at full strength, maybe, but like, because the fact of the matter is, like, Draymond's is not as good as he used to be. Clay is a question mark, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm high, I'm a high, high on Draymond, but he's just not as good as he used to be. Although he, he's still one of the one of the best defensive players. Like, I think the way he impacts the defense, like the, that Warriors team last year would have been completely lost on the defensive end without him. So there's that. <laughs> so I think he's he's still very important, just not as good. Um, Clay is a question mark still. I believe he'll come back fine. But 
you just never know. You really don't know. He missed. He has missed a lot of time, so there will be some some tune up, most likely. Whether or not he's like fully healthy or not, he's going to need to get acclimated again. And Steph Curry, like I said, he just he just be missing games, and I think that's gonna cause once without him, and because without him in the lineup, they're gonna gonna struggle at times. So with that being said, I'm putting the Jazz over them in the regular season as well, just because the Jazz are amazing in regular season every year. That's just I think that's a given. They're going to be better than them at that point. And when we get to the playoffs, we'll have another conversation about that because that's the playoffs. But I think I'm going to put them as a sell here, and I'm going to put Dallas and Denver over them just because of the things I mentioned, the issues they're going to run into. I think that uh, they're going to lose more games, and their record is not going to reflect how good they are. But I think they're just not going to be a top five seed or top four seed just for various reasons that, you know, I had mentioned throughout this episode thus far. So, yeah, that's where I'm sitting on that. I think I give them the six seed, guarantee a playoff spot, and then a first-round gift against the Jazz. Interesting. Fascinating. Now, hmm, I've got got a a fun one for you. So, my first question would be, buy or sell, the Houston Rockets, do they wind up fighting for a playoff spot? Well, not play off, play in, play in. I'm going to sell. I like some of their players. I mentioned, you know, I mentioned Jalen Green, Alperin Shangu. It's not going to harp on them again. But um, Jay Sean Tate, he he gives me uh, Marcus Smart vibes. I really like him. He's a good player. He's a do-it-all player. They had him playing point guard, and they had him playing, like, every position from point guard to power forward last year. And he did it. He served well in all those roles. So that just goes to show how versatile he is. I think Jay Sean Tate is definitely a keeper for them. John Wall wasn't that bad last year, in all honesty. The team fell apart. But um, for, like, various reasons, you know, from James Harden to Christian Wood's injury and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, they just don't have enough, in all honesty. They don't have enough. John Wall's not as good as he used to be. Christian Wood is good. But – um. You know, he's going to be sacrificing minutes to Shengun and Tice, who they just paid. For some reason, they gave him a four-year contract. That was interesting. Eric Gordon is also, you know, he's nice, but I think they're going to try to consolidate um, some of those pieces, some of those players to get, like, you know, assets. And I think they're going to honestly start losing on purpose to a degree, like giving away, like, Eric Gordon and John Wall and uh, DJ Augustine. They need to. Yeah, they need to. So with, with that being said, I just think they're, they're not even trying to make the play in. So I'm going to sell on that. They're not making it. Uh, okay. And then my second question would be, so the the Lakers are, like, very loaded. And, I mean, despite your, despite your concerns, they're still a heavy favorite to win the Western Conference along with, you know, making it to the finals and ultimately competing in the finals. Do you think that they can win 60 games this year by itself? Regular season in 60 games? Mm-hmm. So I'm selling. Mm. Um, Anthony Davis is going to miss 20 games guaranteed. <laughs> LeBron James, I hate to say it, he's been missing games every year. So you gotta, I'm penciling him to miss at least 10. Um, and as we know, the second LeBron isn't on the court, they turn into the Kings. So, <laughs> like, with that being said, 
they're going to lose some games just because they don't, you know, just because of that. Although with Westbrook being there, the the non-LeBron minutes might be, um, they might be able to survive those because Westbrook is an actual viable ball handler to handle the ball and actually put the ball in the basket and orchestrate the offense without LeBron. But again, like they're clunky. They're not, they don't shoot well enough. And in the NBA, if you can't shoot well enough, you're just going to lose some games just because, you know, you're not hitting shots. So I got them winning like 56 games. It's like, you know, I guess that's close enough to 60, but mm-hmm. no, 60 wins. There's a big difference between 60 wins and 56 wins. And like, you know, in terms of like seeding, like that could be like the first seed. And then like sometimes some years, 56 wins is the fourth seed in certain, certain years. So second or third seed in the West, but falling short of 60 games. So yeah, I'm going to sell. Okay. Fair enough. That makes sense. What about you? As you said, I I think I I would sell as well only because I would say if Russell Westbrook was already acclimated to the system and he understood everything, like I think – I do think LeBron James will speed up that process a little bit because LeBron is so smart. And I think that they're similar in terms of intellect because Russell is a very smart basketball player. So I think they'd be able to relate. And also I think Rondo will help him learn as well because Rondo is only pretty much a year removed from the system. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they'll, I think they'll win like 58 games and come just short because of, uh, yeah, LeBron is sitting out a lot more often now. Um, Russell is going to take some time to get back. Like, he's going to take some time to get into the system and really understand it because, like, it kind it's happened the past few years. Like, the first half of the season, struggle, 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 struggle. And in the second half, he might – he's like – the MVP of the second half of the regular season. <laughs> That's fact. That's fact. Pretty much. Cause he's like destroying the league. But um, yeah, I, I think that they'll come just short and I, I think they'll, they'll finish top two to one. I think it'll be kind of similar to when, to the bubble season when they were like head and shoulders, the best basketball team in the Western conference. And they will win. I think they'll. I think they'll. Yeah, they'll definitely be top two. Okay. I respect it. Oh, I gotta do one more buy or sell. Correct. Yeah, only did one. All right, I'm gonna make it quick. I'm gonna pull it out right now. Okay, so the Phoenix Suns. Do they make it to the conference finals? Ooh, that's tough. I would say as everything I would I would I would buy right now considering the knowledge that we have because they were the best team in the Western Conference last year. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lakers at full strength with this roster, once they do get acclimated to each other and all the the new pieces do figure themselves out, they will be the best team in the West. Um, But the Suns already know each other. And 
we don't really have many question marks. They've returned everybody basically, and they know who they are. We know who they are. And I think they're at least a top two team right now. So, and, and, and until I see what Golden State is, I'm going to buy on that because I think that the Suns are, from what we know, the second best team. All right. I like it. I respect it. Right now, I'd buy as well, for what it's worth. Yeah, I think so. Then, for my other buyer, so the Portland Trailblazers. Do the Portland Trailblazers finish top six this year? So, easy. <laughs> they didn't get they didn't get any better. And a bunch of teams around them did. Lakers got better. Suns stayed the same. They're not going anywhere. Jazz got a little better, I guess. <laughs> Dallas didn't get any better either, but Luca is going to get better. Again, we'll see. Things will be a little different in Dallas because of the coaching change. Like it's a it's like everyone says, oh, coaching change, like it really matters for this team, how the coaching change affects everything. But I still think Dallas is better. Uh, Denver is missing Jamal Murray, but they also beat the Warriors, beat the Blazers last year without Jamal Murray pretty convincingly. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and then MPJ is going to get better as well. So, you know, add that into the equation. And the Warriors are getting healthier. Their roster is a little more sound. I think they're going to be better than the Blazers to get that, at least get the six seed. And again, Blazers didn't get much better. Dame's amazing, but no, he can't get any better than he's at now at this point. No, that's and that's not a slight to him. Like he's one of the ten best players in the league. That's okay. That's just you know, that is who he is. I think CJ McCollum is kind of he's he is who he is as well. Um, you know, he's he's shown all star talent, but he plays in the West, so he, he's just not making it. Grant, grant, granted, he might not make it in the East either, but you know. That's who he is. Um, and they lost Mello, who was actually useful, useful for them. They lost Cantor, who was useful for them. And they added um, Cody Zeller, who was um, the epitome of average at the center position. So, no, I don't think they're – they're definitely they're definitely not the sixth best team. They might make it off of someone getting hurt, but that's the only if. And even then, I still think – I still think they, they don't got it. See, so, yeah, I'm selling easily. Makes sense. Sorry, my boy. <laughs> I would uh, I would have to agree on this on this case because I think they I just think that they like as you said they didn't get better they actually got worse because Mello was actually very effective he was a lot more effective than people you know fail to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer is a loss and yeah I just feel like Dame should have left personally I think Dame should have tried to get out of there because they haven't done anything Respect it. it's funny because the second you brought the Blazers with the buyer sell I was ready to say sell before you finished your sentence just because <laughs> <laughs> they just perpetually um, missed the missed the high expectation mark so do. you know I was just like let me just sell preemptively but I let you finish your question. Let me let me be fair to them, and I should have just went my gut. But yeah, <laughs> that's everything for the West. Absolutely. All right, so I'm gonna get us out of here before we go. You know, again, new season, game time, season two. Got a lot of new things coming. 
new logo will be revealed with, along with the episode, or along with this episode. I can't talk. So, yeah, it's exciting. Shout out to y'all for tuning in and staying with us. That's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is Zach, hosted by John Mayer. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Game Time underscore podcast, on Twitter at Game Time underscore ZNJ, as well as Facebook, Facebook at Game Time with ZNJ to stay up to date on further content. Listen to future episodes. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time.